diversity and uh, equity and inclusion kind of is the ebb and flow. And right now we're on the, the crest of, of it, right? I think that with the combination of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, um, the protests that were all across this country and the pandemic, right? No one had anywhere to go. So it was front and center. It opened up a space to have conversations, especially in the workplace around race and what that means in the United States and around the world, right? I, I think we saw, we saw a variety of people, not just a group of people as we think about Black Lives Matter, it wasn't just black people, it was people across the board who kind of came together and said, this needs to change. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. All the concepts and the philosophy and the strategies that are around diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging, uh, they are not new as in how we should have addressed them in the past. These, uh, these ideas and the need to focus and be aware of all things DEI and B, uh, all of that have been around for a long time. And it is only over the past 18 months because of the effects of the pandemic, um, the uh, rebirth of the Black Lives Matter movement, at least in the United States, that we are now becoming not only more aware than that we were in the past, but at the same time, we are now really taking action on all things diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And what I'm hoping is that it's not just a passing fad that we do because, well, you know, it's the, it's the right thing to talk about because they, you know, it's, it's everybody talks about it and then we forget about this and move on to something else. So we're going to have a conversation today about DEIB with somebody who has been in this space for a long time, leading engagement, culture, employee experience, people, uh, inclusion, uh, opportunities, equitable opportunities for everybody uh, during her career. So Darlene, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good this morning. Thank you, Enrico. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining me in the conversation. And let me begin by asking you, you know, so, sort of this question. Uh, last year, when George Floyd was murdered, that sort of re reawoke the, the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States. And mm -hmm. it seems to me that it finally did it for good, as in it was not just like the one-time thing that we, that we see on TV and then you know, two weeks later, nobody's talking about it anymore. But now it seems that really became ingrained in uh, organizational strategy in HR practices. But still, I have a little bit of something in myself that tells me we need to continue talking about this because what I'm afraid of is that in a year from now, people will say, all right, that's not the, 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 the sweet topic that it was before. So let's talk about something else and forget about this. So the question is, how do we make DEI a uh, continue a uh, continued conversation, creating awareness and intentional action about uh, around it and not just a one-time thing, if, if we can say that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's a great question. And I've actually, you know, thought the same thing, like you know, diversity and uh, equity and inclusion kind of is an ebb and flow. And right now we're on the, the crest of, of it, right? I think that with the combination of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, 
um, the protests that were all across this country and the pandemic, right? No one had anywhere to go. So it was front and center. It opened up a space to have conversations, especially in the workplace around race and what that means in the United States and around the world, right? I, I think we saw we saw a variety of people, not just a group of people as we think about Black Lives Matter. It wasn't just Black people, it was people across the board who kind of yeah. came together and said, this needs to change. Yeah. And I, I will tell you in our organization, since that time, we have had many, many, many conversations around race and racism, around diversity, around implicit bias, around um, microaggressions, and not only is it something that um, we're talking about? We're we're actually putting actions together yeah. so that people understand like we're no longer living in a society where things that happen outside of work stay outside of work. Mm -hmm. Because now what's happening is what's happening in the world is happening in the organization. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the variety of people from across the world, um, you know, even if a company is a United States based company, it still has global employees. Yeah. Um, information travels around the world. And as we see a lot of systems, not necessarily breaking down, but digging in. So our political systems seem to be digging in and, yeah. you know, the laws and the rules and the ways that people have lived are changing and breaking down and digging in. Um, the conversations just have to continue. They have yeah. to continue. Yeah, I, I think we are at the the level of um, you know with this whole critical race theory where people are trying to take things off the table. Yeah, but it's a struggle, right? Because yeah. you know it's a struggle, and I think we have a lot of people who are like, we can't afford to take this off the table. No, yeah, and, um, and that's exactly why, why I'm asking this question because I don't want these conversations to be off the table because the right. the, the journey of the things that we have to do. Uh, it's much longer than the things that we have done uh, in yes. the past. And that yes. means that if we take all, you know, if we take these conversations off the table, you, you know, we're going to leave it uh, sort of uh, like halfway through. Uh, yes. So yes. Uh, there's still a lot to be done. But I don't want to use that actually as a segue to ask you something else. You know, critical race theory, having conversations about race, racism, discrimination in the workplace. Very often you find that the strongest voices of disagreement with having these conversations are people who are in one way or another, you know, privileged by their race, um, or they feel that somehow when you talk about when you talk about systemic racism, you're talking about them individually as being guilty of being white, for yeah. example, which is not true. It's it's, yeah. it's just that you know we have we're talking about systemic issues in here. So right. how I want to ask you something that I have asked in, in several podcasts in the past. How do you decouple the conversation of how do we solve the issues of systemic racism and discrimination um, in our workplaces, in our political, social, and economic institutions from the individual who may feel that when you talk about those things, they feel that they are being blamed for something that they never took part of, like, you know, uh, because yeah. of their race. I don't know if that, yeah. if, if that's, if that's even possible, right? Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it's interesting. It's, it is interesting. Um, and, and one of the things that, you know, just being transparent that I've had conversations with people and I said, I don't think that when we have the race and racism conversations that in, you know, just being very frank that, that white people 
think of themselves as a race. So I think in their mind, it is, we're talking about them. You know, we're not talking about me, we're talking about them. So you get the, you know, you are a victim, um, but you're blaming me, right? And and what we're trying to do is say, no, we're all in this together, right? I, you know, we, this doesn't get solved until we all figure out that there are differences in how people are treated, not to say that you are the fault of, but there are things that you gained from who you are, yeah. right? And, and so one of the, I was in a workshop and one of the questions that they asked, which is a very profound question is, <clears throat> what do you like about being white in America? And when you ask that question, and actually you ask that question to everyone in the room, so yeah. regardless of you know what group you identify with, um, but when you ask that question, people have a difficult time answering just that simple question because they haven't ever been asked that question yeah. before. Yeah. And so what the bigger thing is to really help people to understand, um, not saying that you had a privilege that you set out to make yourself better than, but because of this society, the way we were built, the foundation of the society, there are um, opportunities that come to you just because yeah. the yeah. same way that there are opportunities that don't come to me just because, not because yeah. Yeah. I did anything not to earn them. So there are unearned disadvantages to me yeah. and there are unearned advantages to you. And the moment that we can make people aware of both sides of that is the is the beginning of change where we yeah. can say, you know, and my, my attitude is always it's like, I'm not really blaming anyone. Um, but if you can leverage what you have and leverage for the good of the whole, we could begin to break this system down, yeah. you know? Um, and so, but, but again, you know, the, the bigger question behind that is, is it even possible to break a system down that is so ingrained yeah. in the way this country is, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it, it is a hard question. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I am hoping that the answer is yes. I, I think yeah. I think the answer to the question is yes. It's going to take us a lot of work. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a fantastic book. Um, it's a seminal work of Thomas Kuhn. It's called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. And even though the book was written for science, I bring those concepts to the world of uh, the, uh, society, politics, and economics. And the, the book says, when you have normal science, which explains, it's a theory that explains things that you have observed and put into a theory. But sometimes something happens that can't, cannot be explained by the theory that exists. And when uh -huh. that happens, that theory goes into a crisis and a new theory or a new paradigm has to emerge in order to explain the old and to explain the new and to encompass okay. everything. I think that our society is in crisis right now yeah. because our political, our social, our economic institutions cannot, are not designed for inclusion, are not designed, uh, you know, they are designed for, you know, for in one way or another for discrimination. And as long as we don't acknowledge that our institutions, including the workplace, are in crisis and we have to come up with a new yeah. theory or new yeah. models, it's going to be really hard to try to fit inclusion, diversity, equity, belonging uh, into the models that cannot explain those things anymore. And 
I'm yeah. hopeful. I think we are in a crisis right now. I'm hopeful that we get out of this crisis, you know, um, and, and, and go to a better place, uh, if you will. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I agree. And, and I do think, you know, thank, thank goodness that pandemics don't come frequently, right? <laughs> yeah. The last one was a hundred years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. So we, you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we are not accelerating that um, path. But I do think it's interesting that the, you know, while the the pandemic in itself has been a crisis for many individuals, right? Over six hundred fifty thousand people um, have perished because of the yeah. pandemic. But it has changed the way we do everything that we do, yeah. right? So it's changed the way of work. It's changed our way of living. It's changed our way of education. Um, and, you know, and, and I, was, I was talking with a group and I said, everything that has advanced this society is, is actually done through science, right? Yeah. The technology, the engineering, the math, the, all that is through science. So now you have a combination of, you know, a health crisis, um, a public health crisis that is changing the way we look at everything. Yes. Um, and it is pulling back layers and, and making us really zone in on, well, why do we do it that way? How can we do it differently? How can we do it better? And so because of that, I think the, the whole conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion is being lifted up because yeah. now in order to support people and talent inside of an organization, diversity is becoming front and center because it is about how do you bring people and meet them where they are so that the both the person and the organization is winning, right? Yeah. So yeah. But, but technology exactly. is helping that, right? Yeah. Technology but, is helping that. And it's exactly what you're saying. You know, the pandemic is the crisis that can't yeah. be explained anymore by the way things we used to do things before. That's why yeah. when people say, you know, going back to normal, and I'm like, no, 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 that normal was not working. Uh, you know, or right, it, it right. was actually working for a handful of people, but it was not working for everybody. And right. we need to create a new thing that right. help us sort of right. bring the benefits and the good things that were done in the past, but acknowledge what was not working and fix those things. Uh, right. it's, it's interesting that, you know, uh, a lot of people do not even talk about this, but one of the things that the pandemic uh, sort of brought to front and center uh, of attention is that there's there's a technological uh, uh, inequality in the world. I mean, yeah. we, we take for granted that people can work remotely when that's not true. There are people who don't have internet in their uh, homes right. and uh, because it's expensive or maybe they, they live in a very rural area where, you know, internet access is limited. So even that one thing has to be, uh, you know, we have to rethink about it, uh, right. you know, how we get people uh, connected uh, to right. the, you know, to the network. So, right. um, Darlene, we're getting closer to wrapping up our conversation. I love these conversations, by the way, because um, <laughs> it, it, it's just, it, it, they make me feel that there's so much work to be done. And there's that excites me, it's so much to be done. But I want to ask you one last question, uh, you know, in light of the conversation that we've just had around race, racism, discrimination, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. For HR leaders that mm -hmm. are trying to find a way to have these conversations, especially, and I want to be, I want to I want to create a space of safety here for those HR leaders that work in locations and in industries that are traditionally, you know, where these conversations don't happen traditionally, right? Yes. Say 
rural states with you know conservative uh, political views yeah. uh, in industries like manufacturing, where you know these conversations are sort of less often um, uh, in the in the table. What would you say to them to try to help them continue to be inspired to bring these conversations to the table? Because it must be very difficult for them to do so. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would, it's a great question, right? And, and one, it's a big question um, of how you do that and how do you stay, stay safe? I think if you can get people to speak their truth, right? I, one of the things that, that we did um, in the early beginning is, you know, I brought people together and I said, look, you know, listen to understand um, and speak your truth, what's real for you, right? And, but you also set up the parameters. It's like, we, we all have different experiences and it doesn't make us right or wrong. It just makes us have different experiences. But at first we have to just listen for understanding. And if we can get people um, to understand, like listen to the perspective without debating the perspective, it starts to open up the boundaries because people start to hear things that they didn't know. And then they start hearing things that they didn't know from people that they know. Like, oh my gosh, I've known you for years. I've never heard that story before. Um, and so it really is about, you know, one of the conversations I have is like, let's think about it from a humanity standpoint, right? How much of your humanity is not there when you don't understand the perspectives of other people who you live in a bubble with, right? Yeah. Um, and so when you stay in your lane, yes, you can be safe and it could be, you know, it could be comforting to, to stay with people who think like you, who act like you, who look like you and everything. But it's so much richer to expand that to yeah. just to see what is it that I am missing? You yeah. know, is it possible that I am missing something? And I think if we can do that um, and do that in a respectful way, um, maintaining people's dignity, maintaining people's safety, that begins the conversation. And I think in this work, you know, my attitude is it always starts with a conversation. Yeah. Right. Love, it, love it. it has to start with a conversation. Yeah. Um, and then it has to start with a respectful conversation. Not that yeah. we agree, yeah. but that yeah. we can be respectful to each other. Yeah. Love it. Um, you know, it's it's a great advice. Uh, doable cost zero money to do this. Uh, right. uh, it just requires, of course, you know, lots of patience and and knowing that the end of the road uh, or the end of the journey will be better than the way you started if you do it right. So yeah, um, yeah. awesome, Darlene. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me today in the podcast and, and sharing your insights with the community. I appreciate it. Thank you, Enrique. It's been great. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.